or three, or four, but five, force five. Welcome to the Force 5 Podcast, a show where I force my guests to come up with a movie-themed top five list, and then we talk through our picks on air. I'm your host, Jason Kleberg, and today, my guest is rapper Big Poo. In addition to his extensive solo career, he's one half of Little Brother, one of my favorite rap duos of all time. He's toured the world, been on tracks with rappers like Lil Wayne and Kendrick Lamar, and has worked with some of my favorite producers of all time, Ninth Wonder and Apollo Brown. Now he's also managing other rappers' careers. What's happening, rapper Big Poo? Nothing much, man. Just over here kicking it. Another another day. <laughs> another day during the pandemic. How is the pandemic treating you? Like, what are you doing to stay busy? I, I got into bike riding a little bit. Um, started walking. Uh, other than that, I was just watching all of Netflix. Uh, anything and everything. <laughs> <laughs> just consuming. Yeah, it's pretty much all you can really do at this this point since you can't go to theaters or. Anything else like that? Right, right. I'm plus I'm I'm very much uh even now, uh when a lot of the world has started to act like, you know, we're we're not still in the middle of a pandemic, I'm still have a lot of pandemic protocol, so still very much in the house figuring things out. Right there with you. We are very cautious as well. So I know we're talking T V today, but why don't you tell us about some of your favorite movies of all time, just to kind of give people an idea of what you're into normally? Probably some of my favorite movies. Um, probably the first two Godfather movies, uh, Goodfellas, Heat, Life with uh, Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence, Coming to America, of course. Uh, nice. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. Um you know, I like dramas, but I'm a, I'm an action guy, so I like action. The more action, the better. But I, I'm kind of all over the place with movies. Are you excited for uh, Coming to America too? I'm excited and I'm nervous. Uh, <laughs> whenever you decide to reboot a, a, a you know, or do a part two to a film, and you doing it, you know, a couple decades later, I, I'm I'm definitely very nervous. But I'm I'm I saw the Dolomite movie with Eddie Murphy, and. Um, I thought that that was a very, very, very well done movie, and um, so I'm I'm interested to see how uh, Coming to America Two is going to turn out. Yeah, it should be fun, and uh, I'm glad that they got Eddie Murphy back for it. I mean, you can't have it without Eddie Murphy, but uh, looks like some good people involved, and Craig Brewer's a, a really good director, so I'm looking forward to that one. Definitely, very interesting. I'm I'm waiting. So we're going to talk top TV shows today, which is cool because we haven't really talked much TV on the show. Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting into that with you. But first, we got to talk about what we've been watching lately. This week, I watched a couple of things. First off, I want to talk about a movie called Coffee Town from 2013. My name is Will, and this is my office. Coffee Town. You're sleeping. No, I'm not. This is Sam. He sees people like us as parasites, squatters in his house of free Wi-Fi. Medium drip, lightly sweetened, light soy. Medium drip for Will. But the best part of having a coffee shop as your office is your friends can come hang out whenever they want. It's safe. Oh, the safety's on. Calm down. The safety's on. Ah, the safety's off. Whoa, here comes your girl. Echo. Might as well get pumped up, get some veins showing, all right? Oh, make myself look bigger. Oh, God. Yes, 
some bad news on the whole coffee town front. They are converting us to a bistro lounge. I'm gonna lose everything. My office, my girl. All the things you don't actually have. Have you ever heard of this movie, Coffee Town? No. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> so I had never heard of Coffee Town either. But what got my attention is that it has two people from TV shows that I really like in it. First off, it has um, Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And he's the main character in this movie. He's a website manager. He runs his office out of a coffee shop called Coffee Town. But they're going to close that shop down and make it a bar. So he, with his friends, basically stage a robbery at this place to make it seem unfit for the bar. And then it also stars Ben Schwartz, who is from Parks and Rec. You'd know him as Jean Ralphio in Parks and Rec. So you basically have Dennis Reynolds and Jean Ralphio teaming up in this movie. It's not great. It's not great. It almost feels like... <laughs> Feels like a bunch of always sunny plots smashed into one. But there are some funny jokes. There, there's a couple of jokes that have me laughing out loud by myself. It's it's not one that I would recommend to everybody, especially in 2020. Uh, there's a lot of jokes from 2013 that just are not gonna work now. <laughs> That's how it Different always goes. <laughs> Yeah. If you're a fan of Always Sunny and you like the character of Dennis Reynolds, he's basically playing a low a low rent version of Dennis. And then you can't go wrong with Ben Schwartz. I do love him. It was the first movie put out by um, College Humor. It's a College Humor movie. I think one of the highlights in this movie is Josh Groban, the singer. He plays the coffee shop barista, and he's actually really funny as this like douchebag barista. Tough to recommend Coffee Town. I had never heard of it, but I gave it a shot because of the actors in it. I don't regret watching it, but I probably wouldn't watch it again. <laughs> that's, that's a pandemic pick. That's what we call love. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, what's something that you've been watching? Uh, something I've been watching uh, on Netflix, man, uh, is uh, the American Barbecue Showdown. The boldest smokers in America are here to throw down the best barbecue of their lives. The beef is amazing, especially when it's dipped in this chimichurri that I could drink. One barbecue chef will be crowned America's barbecue champion. Hell, my blood type might be smoky sweet barbecue sauce. <laughs> and the others will get smoked out. Oh, my God. I need to have perfect execution. I want to taste the food. I want to taste the story at the same time. Give it to me. Let's go. These barbecuers got meats that the country's best butchers dream of. This is one of the best beef ribs I ever had. And it's, it's basically a... Uh, barbecue cooking competition where you start off with uh this group of people and you know I like most competitions you narrow it down to the winner and it was just I, I guess it, it caught my attention uh me and my wife we watched we watched something I can't even remember the title now but it was about barbecue barbecuing and it went to a place in Texas it went to a place in South Carolina a place and I think he was in Australia where he cooked just over open fires and um we, it just it caught my attention, so you know this. I saw the show, we tried it out, and now we hooked. Um, I think it's like eight <laughs> episodes in the first season. They like forty minutes a piece, so we kind of been trying to take our time with it and not speed through it because we know there's not a season two yet. <laughs> but got a pace yourself. Yeah, but it's been interesting just barbecuing. You know, something that I, I'm not a barbecuer myself as of, as of today. I cook. But I'm not a barbecuer, so it's something I'm, I'm, you know, getting a little interested in and want to take up probably next summer. And so it's just interesting to watch, man. It's very being the guy who likes to cook is a very interesting 
show to watch and it's not the regular chopped or something to that you know beat bobby flay like it's nothing like that it's it's something totally different so i'm definitely enjoying that's cool is it like what does the winner get on the show to be honest i jumped head in and i don't even remember what the winner gets um right on like i i I didn't even care (laughs) like I don't. I don't got so invested in the people, the personalities, the way they cook. Uh, two of the judges, you know, are, are very well known on the barbecue scene, and I, I don't got so invested in that that I, until you even said it, I didn't even think about what the winner gets. <laughs> Either way, you're making me hungry. It's only six thirty out here, and I haven't had dinner yet. So now you got barbecue on the mind. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's a good show, man. I, I'm, you know, I watch a lot of the cooking stuff. Uh, me and my wife, we we definitely dabble in a lot of the cooking stuff. But this was one that I'm I'm glad you know we gave it a try. I have to give that a shot. We're um, my wife and I are actually watching the uh, Hell's Kitchen, Gordon Ramsay stuff right now. We're just powering our way through that, and it's been it's been good stuff too. There, I have never watched any of Hell's Kitchen. None. Oh, you gotta watch Hell's Kitchen. It's so good. I just, I just know, I just know Gordon Ramsay is like the biggest asshole and the biggest. He wastes so much food that it, it's one of the things where it's either going to infuriate you or it's going to be a comic <laughs> relief. Uh, but I, I've seen, you know, little clips here and there, but I've never wanted to like watch a whole episode of it. I might have to give it a try. The longer we're in this pandemic, the the more I'm willing to give all types of things a try. So you make two good points there. Um, number one, my wife and I always comment on how much food they waste because they really do throw out a lot of good food and it just it infuriates us too. But on the other hand, he is he's a like one of those tough love kind of coaches. So he is going to rip you to shreds, but he also builds you up when you do stuff the right way, which if you're running a restaurant that he's in charge of, he wants you to have a certain kind of thick skin. So I think that's where that comes from. Worth watching, I think. Oh yeah, all, all chefs are temperamental anyway. So <laughs> I, that that part, I'm definitely that would be the entertaining part for me is him him going off, but just seeing all that good food going to waste, boy oh boy. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'd be I'd be back there eating the stuff that he says is under or overcooked. <laughs> right, right. That steak's overcooked. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Throw that in a bag for me. I got it. <laughs> right. If you catch it on Amazon Prime, it's uncensored too. So you get all the swear words without the bleeps, which is fun. Oh, I'm on it. I'm I'm it's I'm on it. Man. Now 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 I'm interested. <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, I want to talk about one other thing I've been watching, and it's on Netflix right now. It's an amazing movie that I think a lot of people have probably seen by now. But it's Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Miles, yeah, gotta go. If you want me to drive you, we gotta go now. No, I walk. Personal chauffeur going once. It's okay. <laughs> Seriously, Dad. Walking would have been fine. Breaking news, Spider-Man saves the day again. Spider-Man. This guy swings in once a day, zip zaps off Nancy's Accountability. Speed up, speed up. I know these kids. Don't miles, man, you get arrested? Gosh, don't cops run red lights? Well, yeah, some do. But, uh, not your dad. In your universe, there's only one Spider-Man. But there's another universe. It looks and sounds like yours, but it's not. My name's Miles Morales. Hey, kid. You're like me. How? I knew my day would come. Have you seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? No, I started watching it on a flight a long, long time ago now, pre, pre-pandemic. 
and uh, I I fell asleep, and then I never came back to it. Oh, hopefully you didn't fall asleep because you were bored. No, I fell asleep because I was tired. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. This is such a good movie. I went into watching this very skeptical because I don't want to see another Spider-Man origin story. Like, we've seen that a million times as a Spider-Man fan. I've read it a million times. I didn't want another intro to Spider-Man because I've been there. And that was the hook for this. It was, this is the intro to this new Spider-Man. But they do it in such a smart, such a great way. It's really funny. It's by uh, Lord and Miller, the same guys who did the Lego movie. It's so smart. And the animation is brilliant. They blend all these different styles together. It's so colorful. It's just a really, really great movie. It's on my watch, my, my to watch list. I, I, I always told myself I was going to get back to it, but I always end up going to watch something else before I actually get back to it. So um, I, I've heard nothing but great things about it. So uh, I, I definitely wanted to check it out. Maybe when my godson in law or whatever he's called whenever he comes he loves spider-man it's complicated yeah he loves spider-man so i may put it on one day when he come over here and, and and that can be something that we can watch anything else you've been watching lately uh yeah man a lot of stuff but uh something in particular um another thing that my wife and i watch uh married at first sight so in two weeks i'm gonna be getting married guys what? I'm going to be getting married to a stranger in two weeks. Unconventional. Gut-riching. What? Are you serious? This is really what you want to do? Oh, my God. Have you lost your mind? Here's all I've got is this hat. Are you I... going to wear this down the aisle? I would like to. No. <laughs> Are you still on the fence of, like, whether or not you want to do this? I don't know. Honey, you can change your mind anytime. Are you starting to get any jitters? Of course. Hopefully it's a good guy, and he better be. <laughs> if there's nothing physical there, there's no point. It, it's over. Oh, my God, she's the best. All right, well, just... Everybody says the nice guy finishes last, but I'll take him. A reality show that comes on, I think it's uh, Lifetime, but uh, it's basically what the title says. It's two strangers put together by experts. They go through, you know, the, you know, fill out the psychological, the questionnaires, all of that. And like experts put them, these two people together and you meet your person, your future husband or wife for the first time at the altar. That is terrifying. And it's an eight week, it's an eight week thing. You know, they have counselors, they have, you know, different people, a sex therapist, a, a reverend or pastor, and then, um, and then another therapist. And they are there to help guide you through this crash course in marriage, this, uh, this, uh, pressure cooker, uh, if you will. And, um, and yeah, and this is, it's so riveting, man. It's, it's one of them things where, you end up seeing time and time again where people you can see as the as the viewer why these two people were put together but you know them being in it they can't see it because all they see is well the people i normally go for are this this or this and it's like yeah that's why you are doing this show right now it's because <laughs> the people you normally go for don't pan out 
So it's 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 just one of them things where it's you know you just start to love certain people and you start to despise certain people and you know it, it's it's a great show, man. It's I don't watch many reality shows like you know based like this, but this is yeah. it's between this and Ninety Day Fiance, the franchise. <laughs> yeah, I'm all in on those two. I'm all in. Okay, all right. My dad actually got me into 90 Day Fiance. I haven't seen much of it, but he was raving about it so much one day that I watched an episode. And I, it was one of those experiences where it's kind of like a train wreck. Like you, you don't want to watch it, but you can't look away. Can't look. Fonte actually got me into it when we were. Uh, oh, yeah. When we were recording Made a Lore Watch. He uh, his 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 guilty watches, his guilty pleasures were. uh. 90 Day Fiance and Love After Lockup. Now, I, I couldn't get into Love After Lockup, but I definitely got into 90 Day Fiance. Oh, my gosh. I have not seen Love After Lockup. Yeah, that was that was a little different. <laughs> that was, that was, <laughs> I, I passed on that one, but 90 Day Fiance, and then they have, like, multiple different, you know, versions of the same franchise, and I'm, I'm there for all of it. It's great. It's great TV. All right. We're on season 12 now. So there's 12 seasons of it. Yeah, and and the crazy thing is they had a season here in Charlotte. And I seen one of the the therapists one day when I was I was out and I saw him here. So they had the season here in Charlotte and it was probably some months after the show ended. I was at I was going into a Whole Foods and I ended up seeing coming out of the Whole Foods one of the girls from the show where her marriage didn't work out like her dude was a douchebag. He was cheating on her and stuff. And I seen her coming out the uh, Whole Foods, and all I wanted to say to her was, it's okay, you're going to find you somebody. <laughs> like That's all I wanted to say to her. But it was just crazy. It's like, yo, I've seen you on the TV show. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, 12 seasons, man. It's, it's, you might you might enjoy it. You might enjoy it. That'd be a great watch with the wife. Y'all might enjoy it. All right, well, that's uh, I'll put that on the list. That's a lot of seasons to absorb, but yeah, we'll give it a shot and see if we want to keep going. Good stuff. Well, we're on the topic of TV, and that's what our list is about today. It's about our top five TV shows of all time. This was fun to come up with for me because I think the toughest part was narrowing it down to just five. There's so many good TV shows that I've seen, and I'm one of those people that was raised by TV. You know, they, they say that about my generation. I was kind of raised by TV, and you come home from school, you do your homework in front of the TV, you watch TV while your parents are working, and that's kind of how I grew up. So it was really fun coming up with this list. Is yours is, is your list in any kind of order? Like, does it go from nah. number one being the best? Okay, you just kind of threw stuff in. Yeah, I just, I just got a list. I, I had to sit here and really think about, you know, the, like you, was raised with TV. I always had a television in my room. And, you know, I got a job when I was 14 just so I can get cable in my house. Nice. nice. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I just put it in. I just put the names down. I I, I, I can't even order them. That would be totally unfair. Uh, so I just got a list. Yeah, I think the only the only criteria I used was these are five TV shows that I can watch at any time over and over again, and it's always going to hold my attention. Yep. Same. Same here. Same here. Good stuff. I'm wondering if we'll if we'll match up on any of these. Uh, why don't you give us your number five? What's your number five on your top TV shows of all time? All right. Uh, well, I'll just start from the bottom of the list. Now I know people probably don't watch this show anymore because of 
the star of the show, but the Cosby Show. Thirsty on Cosby. We're hot. Guess who bumps into Denise? Ends up in the front seat. Don't worry, Denise, I'm driving today. Here's most wonderful Cosby. Then on Family Ties, an art collector has her eye on Nick. Can Valerie compete? She's intelligent. She's older. You'll be older one day, man. Thursday. It's top five, definitely on my list. It was just, for me, you know, growing up in the 80s, 90s, just seeing, you know, a black family, a well, you know, a black family that was well off. Like, they were good. Uh, you no know, father, a doctor, mother, a lawyer, you know, all the kids, Brownstone in, in New York. Like it, that just, it was all, it gave inspiration that we could achieve that too. And I know it was just a TV show, but that representation mattered, you know, to, to uh, young black kids. And then it was just a good show. <laughs> like it was well-written. The actors all did their thing. Uh, I had a crush on Rudy uh, Keisha Knight Pulliam actually got to meet her when I was like 17 years old. Oh, nice. Yeah, knew a guy in my high school who said he was dating her. Uh, I don't know if that was true or not, but uh, <laughs> you know, we all had we all had a crush on her at that time. But uh, so no, nah, it was it was cool, man. I I, I love the show. It's, it's definitely a show that if it came on to tonight, I, I think they took it off TV. But if it was to come on TV, and and I came across a came across it, I definitely would stop and watch the episode. I haven't many episodes they have run until it's not on anymore. Yeah, it's it's tough like in this situation trying to separate the art from the artist, right? Because obviously we all know what Cosby's done now, but back then he was a great comedian and this is a really funny, really well written show. And uh it's it sucks that we can't view that art in the same way anymore. Oh yeah, nah. You definitely view it differently now. It's, it's 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 not the same. I just think it was so many other, you know, great performances by other actors and actresses that, you know, I I can still watch it. But you're definitely thinking about like, man, was he doing that when he was filming the Cosby Show? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. So it's. I mean, you know, that's probably why they took it off television. But uh, I may not watch it now, but. It definitely still was a top five show to me then. Like it doesn't, it can't change the, you know, the inspiration it gave me, the motivation it gave me. It can't change any of what it did for me then now. So it's still a top five program um, in my book. That's a good pick. That's the Cosby show. I think it came out 1984, I think is the first season of the Cosby show. Somewhere around there. Yep. My number five is a little more recent. My number five is from 2001. It's a TV show called Scrubs. That's me, Dr. John Dorian. My friends call me JD. I'm an intern at a hospital that could use a little therapy. I'm watching you. In fact, sometimes things around here are so strange. I can't believe your head exploded. They could make a TV show about it. They could call it Scrubs. Nah, my job is right here. Saving lives at Sacred Heart. How's it going? I'm 37 years old and I'm a janitor. How do you think it's going? I wasn't always a great doctor, though. I mean, when I first got here, I was a basket case. Do you not realize that you're nothing but a large pair of scrubs to me? But now I'm at the top of my game, and I have everything under control. Okay, whose breasts haven't I signed yet? That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. 
for those listeners who have never seen Scrubs, it basically follows the lives of these employees at uh, Sacred Heart Hospital as they move up the ranks from interns, or as they call them, scrubs, to doctors and surgeons. This is one of those rare sitcoms that is really funny. Like, it's going to have you crying from laughter, but it's also going to have you crying from emotions because it takes some really interesting turns with death you know as a doctor you have to deal with that and it shows how you deal with that outside of work and and the frustrations that you feel in work it's a really really well written show it's got a really good soundtrack too uh, i know in 2001 i was in kind of this indie rock phase a bit and it's got a ton of really great music from that era it's also got a huge list of guest stars too scrubs is such a great show and i think that john c mcginley playing this character named Dr. Cox might be one of my favorite TV characters of all time. He's he actually almost reminds me of Gordon Ramsay. We were talking about Gordon Ramsay, how he can be a real asshole. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's got your best interest in mind. That is definitely Dr. Cox. It all centers around this character, John Dorian or JD played by Zach Braff. And then his best friend who also works there, Chris Turk played by Donald Faison. And they have just such a really great bromance. It's like what you want your friendship to be between JD and Turk. Just a really great show. I think the only reason why I think I ended up watching a few episodes is neat facto here. Donald Faison, who played in Remember the Titans as Petey Jones. Yep. You smiling? Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. football. Ball's fun. Fun, sir. Fun, sir. It's fun. Yes. You sure? I think so. Now you're thinking. First you smile, then you think. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is uh, it? No, not by now. No, no, it's not fun anymore. No. Not even a little bit. No. Make up your mind. No, no. Think, since you're thinking now. Go on, think. No, is no. it fun? No, sir. No. No, sir. Absolutely not? Zero fun, sir. All right, listen up. I'm Coach Boone. I'm going to tell you all about how much fun you're going to have this season. Petey Jones is my uncle. Oh, no kidding. And he's actually junior, and I'm the third. Wow. His, nick- well, look at that. his nickname was Petey, but his real name was Thomas. And they called him Petey because my grandfather, who we both named after, they called his mom, nicknamed him Pete. <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs> I've asked my mom multiple times. She was like, that's just what old people did, honey. And she named him Pete, so he wanted to be like his dad, and so they called him Petey. And my brother tried to call me Peter a few times, and that didn't last. But, like, <laughs> that's my uncle, and we have the same name. He's He passed last year, but when I found out he was playing him, like, he had to follow my uncle around and, you know, talk to him, you know, about different things you know, for the part, but I went and ended up watching a few episodes of Scrubs, like to kind of see the kind of actor he really was. He was great as Petey. He's great in this too. He's, he's a really likable actor. He definitely is. He definitely is. You know, it's interesting. You, you went with that one first, but as soon as you said, I was like, ah, funny, (laughs) (laughs) funny enough. I guess, you know, another show I have on my list, uh, go up from the bottom. Um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Love is in the air. I'm guessing they're not for me. I haven't put out in years. And Will is ready for romance. 
Jean-Claude Van Damme on Bond. Unfortunately, his girlfriend isn't. What's the problem? You really turned me on. What's your problem? But that won't stop the Prince. We both men's here, you know. We got ugly knees. On the next Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That's a show where the Cosby show pretty much was, you know, the 80s for me. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was the 90s for me. And, you know, that's my teenage years. Just, it was it was always cool, one, to see that Will Smith went from rapping to acting and how he, he was, he, he played the part so well and eventually obviously got into movies that you almost forgot that he was a artist first. And then his comedic timing was, was crazy. Like, didn't think he would have as, as a rapper. But um, I think that show for me, as I got older and began to understand more, you know, it was touching on, you know, certain topics like, you know, the father, you know, his father, that episode, the, the, the legendary episode where his father leaves and, you know, mm-hmm. why he don't want me no more. And I think that that scene always resonated with me and not that it happened to me, but I didn't end up meeting my father until I was 19 years old. So just like that type of scenes, how it resonated with me and just the other different things that they touched upon. And, and then it was just a great show. It was, it was a wholesome show. It was a, another show where you see a black family with Will, my dad that came from, you know, great circumstances from Philly, but he went out to Bel Air and lived with his, his relatives who was well off, you know, they were doing, yeah. they were living large. So just, uh, you know, just something else that was a good show and, you know, positive show and, and it was good. It was funny. It was well written. I enjoyed seeing somebody who I listened to their rap albums turn into this phenomenal actor on TV and then eventually movies. My wife and I actually just went through a rewatch of this because it's available on HBO Max. Um, HBO Max. Yep. Yeah. So this is another one of those that this was one of the first rap tapes that I was allowed to have as a kid. And uh, just like you, it was great seeing Will Smith on screen. I mentioned when I was talking about Scrubs, it was one of those rare comedies where it would make you laugh, but it would also make you cry. And that also works for Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yep. That scene you're talking about with him and when his his dad leaves, like just when you're talking about it, like the hairs stand up on my arm because that's such a memorable scene for me. And it never fails to bring tears into my eyes. Like if you watch that scene and you don't get emotional, you don't have a heart. Like, exactly. Like, exactly. You don't have a heart. So it was it was definitely cool. And then I mean, you know, also, you know, just from being the teenage boy, uh Tatiana Ali and um I can't remember uh Karen Parsons who played Hillary, you know, they were they were great, you know, as a teenage boy, it was awesome to be able to watch <laughs> them every week. And uh and then it ended up being cool because I you know, I have uh, you know, a relationship with uh Jazzy Jeff since I started doing music, I ended up having a relationship with him. And so it was cool just knowing like, Hey, I'm, I'm kicking it with jazz. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, uh, another interesting story. I, I, I love these interesting stories. We were in, um, one year we were in Miami and, uh, it was winter music conference. And we, we, as little brother was down there performing and Jazzy Jeff was playing. And we ended up, I ended up hanging out with Jazzy Jeff all weekend. And so we were in a car ride together going to one of his events. And the driver, when he realized he had Jazzy Jeff in the car, he was a big Fresh Prince fan. 
And all he kept saying, all we heard him say the whole time, hey, yo, Jazz. Hey, yo, Jazz. So Jazzy Jeff, he finally asked, he was like, yeah. Yo, where Hillary at? <laughs> where Hillary at? And we just all bust out laughing in the car. Like, from that, the rest of the weekend, every time we see it, we be like, yo, Jazz, where Hillary at? And it was just, it was the first time I got to see somebody, like, deal with the role that they played on television, like not oh, yeah. being able to escape that role in real life. It's like people looked at him like he was that character on TV. And it, yep. it was, you know, I'll never let him live that down. I'll always bring that up every time <laughs> I see him. That's hilarious. As I was watching that show recently too, I realized how many hard issues it got into that are still prevalent today. And I think it was one of the first shows to kind of tackle things like racism and racial profiling and stuff like that, which was really interesting to see, you know, from that perspective in that time compared to now. Definitely. Definitely. It, it definitely got into all of that. It was a great show. Still, still a good watch too. It's, 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 if you're picking it up today, it's still a good watch. Oh yeah. Still holds up. Cool. Well, let's go to my number four. My number four uh, started airing in 2002, and it's one of my favorite dramatic shows of all time. It's HBO's The Wire. There are two kinds of kids walking in this building. Stoop kids, corner kids. No, stoop kids. They're the ones that stay on the front steps when the parents tell them. The others go down to the corners. You follow drugs, you get drug addicts and drug dealers. Get down! But you start to follow the money. And you don't know where it's going to take you. You think I have time to ask a man why he's giving me money or where he gets his money from? The game is out there, and it's either play or be a play. It's Baltimore, gentlemen. The gods will not save you. Barksdale has five out of seven towers on the terrace. I'm just a gangster, I suppose. And I want my corners. <laughs> So a lot of people think that The Wire is just a show about the drug trade, but it's not. It's a complex look at society as a whole in Baltimore. And it does include the drug war from both the legal and illegal points of view, but it also encompasses things like race and poverty and education and corruption and all these other aspects of the city as a whole. Have you seen The Wire? That's on my list. There we go. All right. We, you can talk about that now then, too. Um, I'm just going to say a couple things. Uh, so number one, this show has terrific actors. Like you can almost watch any show or any movie now, and you're going to see somebody that was in The Wire, mm -hmm. even down to Michael B. Jordan. You've got, you know, Killmonger in there. There's so many great actors in there. It's a really authentic show. It's so realistic it's so intelligent it does not hold your hand as an audience it's going to let you figure stuff out it's uncompromising it's just such a good show why do you like it phenomenal writing great acting and all the layers that you mentioned earlier you know it's not just a show about drug the drug trade it's a show about the drug trade from both sides the law yep. and the streets it's not just about politics. It's not just about the school system, the education system. It's not just about, you know, d them different things. It's just all of that just rolled into one show, five seasons of one show. And it's one of them shows where you can watch over and over again and learn and pick up 
new things that you didn't catch the first time or the second time you watched it. It's yeah. always new jewels, new gems for you every time you watch the show. And like you said, the actors and actresses in that show turn on anything and you're going to see somebody that was in The Wire on the show. From Michael K. Williams to uh, uh, the guy that played, uh, uh, I can't, Peter, I think it's Clark Peters. You know, just all the different, just actors, man. Uh, Mac Wilds turned into, you know, he was on many shows and put out albums as a singer. Like, it's great show, man. Great watch. And, and, and another story. I don't know how I keep having these stories for all these shows. <laughs> another story. I remember one of our first shows by ourselves that we were headlining in Baltimore. It was one of our big show, our first like bigger show in Baltimore. And the a thing we used to always do was when we came out, you know, our, our intro music, we changed it depending on what city we was in. And if it was yeah. a city with a TV show that we liked, we would use that show's theme music. So we in Baltimore, we're going to use The Wire. The first the first theme music, not when they redid it, but the original one. Yeah, yeah. And so we come out to the to the music, and what do we know? Actors from the show were in the balcony. And so we find out when we get off stage and we hype. And they was like, yo, they want to come, you know, meet y'all. And it was Michael K. Williams who was coming up the steps first. And all our manager, he was just, oh, Omar coming, Omar coming. Omar coming. <laughs> and, and we just lost it. Like it was just like one of the highlights, especially at that time, it was like one of the highlights of of our careers at that time was like we actually put the music on with no idea that any of them was there. Um, it was it was Michael K. Williams. It was the guy who played Bubs, and it was um, another guy that was one of the stars from season two because it was like right when season two was was starting. And um, yeah, man, it was phenomenal night. But uh, yeah, The Wire, man, it's. I, that's a highly recommended show for anybody. All the seasons on HBO Max, HBO, in demand, whatever, and you will enjoy it. Season two, two is a little slow, you know, yeah, after I season agree. one, but season two sets up the rest of the seasons. Like it puts a lot of things in perspective. Like we didn't know that at the time when we was watching it for the first time, but after you get to the other seasons, you realize how much season two meant to, you know, the entire show, but phenomenal show, man. I, I was like, if we were going to have any show that we both agreed to like had on our list, it, it had to be the why it had to be the why. Yeah. You mentioned Omar. He's such a great character. Uh, I would watch a TV show just based around. Omar. <laughs> just based on- <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Michael yep. Killed it in that, in that role. Yep. Now, if you've never seen The Wire, it is a slow burn. So it's not a typical cop show like nonstop car chases and shootouts. This one is, you know, it's a slow burn and it's going to take a while. It's it's all character driven. But, man, once you get hooked, you're done. You're going to be watching all five seasons. My favorite season is number four. That's the one that deals with the education and the school system. And it follows a, a pack of eighth graders and it, as they kind of navigate the public school world. Yeah. But every season is good. Nah, every season is good, definitely. Little story about about The Wire for me. So at the time when I was watching The Wire, it had all come out and I was just I was late getting into it. 
I didn't watch it when it was airing. And I was a teacher at the time. And I was talking about how I was how I was watching through the wire and this kid in the class spoiled one of the character deaths for me. And I've never been so bitter or mad in my life. <laughs> and this guy spoiled this for me, just blurted it out of nowhere. I was, I was so mad. <laughs> I wanted to fail him just at that point right there. Wow. Yeah. Well, since that one was on your list as well, I guess I'll roll right into my number three, the office from 2005. Attention, everyone. Hello. Uh, yes, I just want you to know that uh, this is not my decision, but from here on out, we can no longer be friends. And when we talk about things here, we must only discuss uh, work-associated things. And uh, you can consider this my retirement from comedy. And in the future, if I want to say something funny or witty or do an impression, I will no longer ever do any of those things. Does that include that's what she said? Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow, that is really hard. You really think you can go all day long? Well, you always left me satisfied and smiling, so. That's what she said. <laughs> It's probably the most quoted show in my life and my wife's life. It's definitely our most watched show. This is one of those shows that we put on in the background now because we've seen it so many times. And it's proof that a great show can come from any premise as long as you have great writing and actors that can bring it to life. Because if you read the synopsis, it's about people that work at a paper company. It sounds the, like the most boring thing ever, but it's just so good. And it made so many stars. If you watch The Office now, you see all these people that turned into huge stars afterwards. Some of the later seasons are not as good once Steve Carell moved on in his career, but the last season bounces back. It's really great. And the first like six seasons are some of the best TV show, best, best comedic TV show that you'll ever see. Yeah, I, I, I just... I started getting into the office, like I started from season one, and that was basically my travel show. When I watch, when I went, when I traveled, that was the show I watched in the hotel at night. If nothing, like any no sporting event I wanted to watch was on, so I'm still in season one because the travel stopped, and so did me watching the office. But I definitely wondered how I missed out on the show when it first ran. I don't know what I was doing, but <laughs> It's definitely, a, a, you know, from what I've seen so far, it's definitely a, a good show. The comedic timing, like you said, is is pretty good. I guess, well, another show on my list is uh, New York Undercover. This summer, New York City is gonna rock. Which one of them cops killed my brother? He doesn't want to negotiate, he wants revenge. There is no way in hell that you're going to win this. Beginning Sunday at 9, 8 Central, Fox presents an explosive four-part New York Undercover starring Ice-T. I've been looking for him. Freeze right there! Sit down! War on the Streets, a special presentation begins Sunday. Oh, good pick. Yeah, uh, not the last season. <laughs> not, not the last season, but uh, definitely the first couple of seasons, New York Undercover before... Before uh, JC, I can't remember his real name, 
before he, you know, for it's a uh, Malik Yoba for Malik Yoba before, before they started getting rid of the, you know, original cast. But um, that was a show that I think it came on Thursday nights, and it was must see TV. It was I don't care what you was doing, I don't care where you were at on Thursday at nine o'clock. You had to be in front of the TV for New York Undercover. They had the guests, the musical guests that came on at the end of every show. It was like a drama that was rooted in hip hop and R&B. And that was something that we hadn't seen. The soundtrack was crazy. It was, it was, it was, you know, what I was listening to at the time. And I mean, it was, it was a good show. It was, it was great writing uh, up until, you know, they couldn't afford to keep everybody, but you know, it, it was just one of them shows where it brought great acting to the world that I was entrenched in at the time, and that was music. And it meshed them so well where the music didn't get in the way of the actual show. And so it, it more complemented the show. So, like I said, that was just the show. Malik Yoba was great. Uh, the guy that played uh, the other the other cop was great. One of them shows, though, I watched them first couple seasons. Even if they came on now, I'll watch them. And and I'll check them out. And I'll, you know, sit, you know, reminisce and, and all that good stuff. But New York Undercover was definitely one of my one of my favorite go-to shows when I was uh, in my teenage years. I haven't seen this show probably since it aired. But I remember that it was the first TV show that I ever watched where there was a really surprising death. And I, I think it was in like the third season. There was a really surprising death. Yep. And yeah, totally threw me off because you didn't see that in TV shows back then. Nope. And that's that's when I learned. That's when I learned about contract disputes and <laughs> uh, and, and money, you know, in and, and, and TV shows and how how they write people off the show and and those different things. That's that's how I learned about all of that. Cool. Mine number two is also of the dramatic type. It's uh, probably one of the one of the last TV shows that I think really took the world by storm, and that's Breaking Bad. That's a good one. For the panel earlier this year, happy birthday. Is growth, then decay, then transformation. You understood what I've just said to you. Yes. Lung cancer. Inoperable. Well organized. Hank, how much money is that? Uh, it's about 700 grand. It's a pretty good haul. As I say, it's a good day for the citizens of Melbourne. Oh my god. You know the business. And I know the chemistry. I think everybody knows about Breaking Bad, but it's about a high school chemistry teacher named Walter White, and he gets diagnosed with cancer and turns to creating and selling meth in order to secure his family's future. The first time I watched Breaking Bad, I'm sitting down and I'm thinking, oh, this is the dad from Malcolm in the Middle, (laughs) (laughs) right? And we've just seen him as these crazy comedic types. And then he comes in and he acted his ass off in this show. His performance is amazing. And then you have Aaron Paul in there as Jesse. Some of the scenes that Jesse is in, they're so heartbreaking. And he does such an amazing job. There's a couple things I like about this show. So aside from the acting, uh, it does not waste time getting down to business. 
And that's one of the things I appreciated about Breaking Bad. It's really, really well written. There are seldom a loose end in it. It always ended on cliffhangers that made you want to come back to the next episode. It's some of the most intense TV I've ever seen. Uh, there's a particular scene. Have you seen Breaking Bad? Yes, I have. Okay, cool. So you know what I'm talking about. There's a particular scene in a uh, parking lot where there's two twins. Mm-hmm. It is one of the. It was one of the most intense TV situations I've ever watched to the point where when I was done watching it, I watched it again immediately because it was so good. It was, it's, it's also got one of the most memorable villains of all time in Gus Spring. Oh, he's so good as a villain. I just remember the water cooler talk around this show with like the theories and the breakdowns. It was crazy. Everybody was talking about Breaking Bad. So that's got to be on my list. Breaking Bad from 2008. Now I'm rethinking my last pick because that, that, that should have <laughs> been on there. Um, but uh, my last pick is, I went with another favorite of mine that every time it, you know, I see it on, and it's on in syndication quite frequently. Um, I, I have to watch it, um, and that's Martin. Tonight, Martin finds out he has a new co-host. How do you want to do this? Same way I did it yesterday, by my damn self. Kim Fields is ready to teach him the facts of life. She wants me, man. She wants me bad. Martin. She gave me the look, man. Oh, man, I know that look. An all-new episode next. It's just one of them shows where... Not necessarily the last season or two. That's when things got weird. But the first three, four seasons of it was just outstanding television. Like for a comedy, uh, you could tell a lot of it was improv. And it was just, for me, it was just one of them shows where you had this great comedian playing the lead. And then you had this girl that, Everybody was like, yo, that's she's like out of his class, like his weight class. Like he shouldn't even been able to get her. <laughs> and, you know, his friends, you know, not, you know, the running joke of Tommy, not nobody knew where he worked. Just that running joke that ran throughout the whole season. I mean, the, all the uh, the whole show and um, Cole and, you know, his 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 girl problems. And that ran throughout the whole show. So just the different things that they ran that were like inside jokes that ran throughout the whole show you know when they remade scenes so like the when they remade the uh new jack city uh remade that scene i don't remember that oh man it's when they uh somebody stole something from martin well something went missing they didn't steal it someone missing out his house and he called a meeting with all his friends and and it was the scene the scene in new jack city where um the 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 car that got raided and Nino got them all in around that big table and he walking around uh-huh. with the Rottweiler and you know <laughs> and so they recreated that scene uh in Martin and it was it was uh, it's as funny as it seems it was funnier I gotta look that up yeah man that that was that was like one of the moments uh I'm not even gonna spoil it for you because <laughs> I was about to tell you some things that happened in the in the Martin piece but I'm, I'm i'm gonna let you find that out on your own but now nah, it was just a great show man then the characters they introduced like tracy morgan playing bro uh the puzzle man uh reg valet playing bro man um you know martin doing the different characters his mom shanene uh roscoe Shanae, yep. yeah it, it was just like i said man it was just one of them shows where 
you know, I know some people don't get on, don't get into it. I know I, I that's a show I don't think Tay liked. Uh, Fonte didn't like Martin. And uh, we all thought he was crazy because he didn't like Martin. <laughs> but for me, that is close, as close to slapstick comedy as I probably will go. Like that, yeah. that's it. Like that's that's the line for me. And yeah, the Martin, man. Like, like I said, if Martin is on, whenever I catch it late at night, if I'm like wide awake and I see it's on, I stop and I let it play. It's also got one of the all-time greatest quotes of all that's quoted everywhere, and that's "Damn, Gina." Definitely, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely. And it, and it was awesome to see Pan, the, the woman who played Tashina Arnold, just how her career really took like she went on to be in um everybody hates chris and oh, yeah. you know and she was in that start played the mom in that for a long time and you know uh tisha campbell went on to play on my wife and kids with uh damon wayans and that ran for a long time so just seeing you know seeing them two uh go on to do things uh the person who played tommy he went on to play in later seasons of New York undercover. Um, so, you know, just, just seeing all of them go on to play them different roles and, 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 and still have great careers. And rest in peace to Thomas McHale Ford. He passed away, I think, two years ago. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah he passed. I think it was like a year or two ago he passed away. Um, so, nah, it was, like I said, one of them great shows, man, where the people went on to do some uh, fantastic things. My number one is also a comedy. And I hope you've seen it. If not, you're in for a ride. It's called Arrested Development. Hello? I told you he'd The Bluth family. We're shooting footage for Lindsay. Campaign footage. You're running for office? I want to be part of the problem, Michael. Is finally back together. Oh, great. Get yeah. your stuff. Let's get out of here. Well, that didn't last long. Maybe. What? Maybe we can figure out where it all went wrong. I've made a huge mistake. What is this? Oh. Go right to that! Huh? Lucille! Ah, I'm a monster! It seems a lot has changed over the years. I just blew myself for the first time in five years. Well, not everything. I know about it, but I have never seen it. Oh, you gotta watch this show. So it's about this family, the Bluth family, and it focuses on Michael Bluth, and he's taking over his family's affairs after his father is imprisoned for treason, but the rest of his spoiled, dysfunctional family are making his job unbearable. To me, it's the funniest show of all time, hands down. It's because it's the best written comedy ever. It's got jokes that are set up in season one that pay off in season three. Oh, nice. It's one of those shows that I can watch over and over and over again, and I'm always going to laugh, but I'm always going to pick up new things. It's got incredible characters, including the narrator, narrated by Ron Howard. And the narrator gets into the jokes. It's like one joke on top of another. Like you laugh at one joke, you're going to miss the next joke. So the next time you watch it, you got to make sure not to laugh so hard so you can catch everything. It's got fantastic actors. The lead, Michael Bluth, is played by uh, Jason Bateman. It's got Will Arnett in there uh, as Job. Michael Sarah in there. Tony Hale, David Cross, Jessica Walters, hilarious. There's some slapstick stuff in it, but it really comes down to the language that they use. It's a really sharp, really witty comedy, and, and that's one of the things I appreciate about it. 
it's so good that I can't put it on in the background like I can with The Office because I feel like I'll miss too much mm. and I want to see everything play out because I know there's going to be something that I didn't, I didn't pick up on last time. Give it a shot. My wife didn't think she would like it, but she sits down and watches it with me. It's, it's just so funny. Nah, I'm definitely going to check that one out. I wasn't probably at the time the show came out, but uh, after the show, I became a big, you know, anything Jason Bateman was in, I was checking for it. Uh, oh, just yeah. his, his, his style of comedy, the dry humor that, um, yep. that he has, like, was very, you know, I, I enjoy it. So that's something I'm definitely going to check out. It's so smart. It's just such a good comedy. Any honorable mentions? Like anything that you really wish you could have had a spot for? The Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Breaking Bad and The Wire are probably two of the most well-written shows that I've ever watched. Yeah, it's eating me up that I missed Breaking Bad in my original list. But those, those two shows are probably so well-written. Like I said, just like with The Wire, like I go back and I can watch... Breaking Bad from season one, and um, and you go back and watch it, and you find things you missed the first go round or the second go round. And another thing I love about Breaking Bad is that at one point in time or another, you end up hating every character on the show. And then another show, probably that I would have put on there, I, I still got to get through the seasons because I'm behind, I'm way behind, but uh. Better Call Saul. Oh, it's really good too. Yeah, so good. Better Call Saul. Some more great writing. That one is more of a slow burn, but uh, some more great writing, great acting. The pacing, the pacing is a little slow if you're looking for action, but the pacing is great if you're looking for story. And uh, yeah, so Better Call Saul is, a, is another one that I would have put on as. Like I said, I'm I'm a fan of either action that's nonstop comedy that keeps me laughing or the writing has to be phenomenal and uh the wire breaking bad and better call saw are phenomenally written i had a couple honorable mentions that i wanted to do to talk about so barry which is on hbo have you caught barry oh my yet? god that's another one i forgot <laughs> oh, <laughs> i'm waiting for season i'm waiting for the next season now i love barry yeah that's that's one of the only reasons i didn't put it on is because it's not over yet so i can't I can't really say that it's one of my favorite of all time because I got to see how it plays out. Fargo is another one that's airing right now that I love. If you love a really well-written show, Fargo is great. Yep, I just got into the to this season of Fargo. Yep. I haven't yet seen this season, but I'm looking forward to diving in. Always Sunny is another one that I that I missed. And then there's one other show that I want to mention. It was only on for two seasons. It's a show on Amazon Prime called Patriot that I really, really love. I haven't seen I heard of it, but I haven't seen it. I, I just thought of another one. And they only had one season, so I definitely wouldn't have put it on the list. But The Morning Show on Apple TV. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Oh, my goodness. Listen, it is a great show. Another well-written show. Um, Steve Carell does his thing. Probably my favorite Jennifer Aniston acted piece of anything she's done in her career. Um, great, great, great watch, man. It's a great watch there. Season two was supposed to come out in November, but the pandemic, they stopped uh, filming in March. They just started back filming. So uh, it looked like season two, probably going to be early 2021, but another great show, man. 
great show. I, I would recommend I'll that. Check it out. Pandemic's not going anywhere, so mount up on some TV shows and give them a watch. Definitely, definitely. And you you can and you can hit me on Twitter and tell me what you thought of something I recommended. <laughs> let me yes. Let me know if I led you astray or not. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you just from my experience, I think they're going to have a good time with all your picks. Let's roll out the red carpet for you, my friend. Uh, rapper Big Poo, what do you got going on right now? Like, what should we check out of yours? Plug some of your stuff. Make sure y'all check out. Little Brother's latest album, May the Lord Watch, available everywhere that you stream music. We had vinyl available, but it was only 25 pieces of as of last week at uh, littlebrothernc.com. You can make sure y'all go check out Loot, that's L-U-T-E. Um, he's an artist on Dreamville and Interscope Records. That's uh, I manage him oh i didn't know you managed loot yeah i managed loot uh we're working on his debut album now hard at work on that uh so check him out uh check out my other artist black soul that's b-l-a-k-k-s-o-u-l another artist i manage uh he's going to be on loot's project he wrote on anderson pack's oxnard album and macklemore's gemini album he's been on a couple of your albums too. he's been on a more than a couple of my albums and he was on a little brother album as well and yeah, go check go check them out, man. I got another artist coming by the name of T Smith. And then you can check me out on Twitter, rapper Big Pooh, on Instagram, rapper Big Pooh. And that's me. It's not a proxy. It's me. I'm answering people. I'm ignoring people uh, and all those different <laughs> things. So definitely come check me out. Very cool. And if I have one recommendation for listeners, uh, I would tell you, in addition to the Little Brother stuff, listen to rapper Big Pooh's Words Paint Pictures. It's one of my favorite albums. Ah, thank you. It speaks on issues that are that were relevant. I think I think it came out in 2015, but everything that you talk about on that record is still relevant today. Very relevant today. <laughs> very, very relevant. It's like I made it today. <laughs> exactly. And the beats sound just, the beats are amazing. Apollo Brown did all the production on there. Um, Promised Land might be my favorite track of all time from you, but even the track uh, Stop is especially prescient today. So go check that record out. It's so good. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And thank you for having me on. This was fun. This was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming prepared. Now, listeners, if you want to be a guest on this show, the only real requirement is that you love movies and want to talk about them. So if you have a top five list that you want to tackle, email me at force5podcast at gmail.com or head to the website force5podcast.com it has a show request form and other force 5 related stuff until next time stay safe stay sane and go watch some tv shows yeah they swear niggas win when they send the most temporarily be the toast guns and butter on what matters the least watch them overdose let them hang nigga hang by they gold ropes smoke dope till you comatose no hope for that butter niggas die broke third eye woke poke holes in the american dream run out of options made it easy you can hustle a scheme but one problem